You're in Cleveland, sir. Cleveland? What am I doing in Cleveland? Sir, you've been traded. Traded? Traded for who? Uh, LeBron has left Cleveland and gone to the Matt Madness Network, and we have received you and all of your nicknames, sir. Who, orchest- who orchestrated this trade? Uh, a Aaron Lloyd, sir. Damn. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don DiBiase, Don Strowman, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, the Don of a New Nation, Don Gerard Flames, Spoken Fat Hardy, the man that gravity remembered, the Donville Teen Dream, Donnie Delaware, Donnie Boy Smith, Donnie Omega Man, a.k.a. the man of a thousand names. And this is The Perfect Edge, with yours truly, truly, Donovan the Lowdown Lord. And I'm going to introduce two new ones this week. I will also now be going by Donnie the Brain Scheming and Lloyd Money Way Better. Holla at me. And this week, we have a very special episode as uh, done before, I will not do the big important episode. Well, not say important, but I will not do the big numbered episodes without Ryan Pashery, which I have a special guest on this episode. We have this episode, the sexy young cannibal Savannah Evans on this episode. We have a great interview with her. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to get into some of the regular stuff that we do on the show. We have a UFC... 221, I believe, to recap, and we'll lightly dab on uh, Raw and SmackDown this week. Um, And I say lightly dab because I literally put my head in my armpit or elbow area when I watched this week um, because most of the shows, both of them, I fell asleep on. Um, These are no lies. These are real things. Um, So, for UFC 221... Uh, Tyson Pedro versus Seperbeg Safarov. Bruh, easier name, please. Um, pretty goat, don't match. Uh, Tyson Pedro is definitely on my radar now. Uh, I like the cockiness, the confident uh, confidence that the dude showed. Uh, getting the real nasty Kamora lock on, on uh, Seferov was just a great way to go out, great win. Uh, hope to see more from that dude in the future, not uh, the guy with the crazy name but Tyson Pedro Tyson Pedro is definitely a good talent he's a dope one and I also thought it was funny that he tried to drop the mic and the guy happened to catch the mic right before he hit the ground shouts out to that guy that's great talent by the way um we have Lee Lee Jingleong come on y'all with these names Lee Jingleong there we go versus Jake Matthews which was a dope fight um Matthews definitely uh Seemed like he was having an upper hand that fight uh was getting a lot of the more uh significant knockdowns and such off um Definitely a back and forth fight still, though. Um, Matthew ended up winning, uh, getting a couple of the takedowns. 
landing uh, some of the huge shots. But much, major shots out to uh, Jing Leong for taking the shots and just being able to recover from whatever uh, Jake Matthews threw at him wasn't enough to win, though. But definitely a good fight. Wouldn't mind seeing those two again. Uh, definitely have Jake Matthews on my radar. The next fight, which did not last very long, Cyril Asker versus Ty Tuivasa. Ty Tuivasa is a animal. He's a monster, and I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing this dude more in the octagon. Uh, started out with uh, both of them throwing hands. Tuivasa quickly uh, started throwing more. Definitely a lot of haymakers that Asker, he was taking them. I'm not going to lie. He was taking a lot of the punches, but you could just tell at a certain point there was no more he could really do. You know, he was getting hit with a barrage of punches. He was getting hit with a bunch of elbows, and it wasn't even necessarily a punch or an elbow that took him down. He pretty much got pushed to the mat, and it was just over. Like, Tai Tuivasa literally just pushed the dude, and he just fell to the mat. Like, and that's just how much damage he did beforehand. Tai Tuivasa also chugged a beer that was poured into someone's shoe in the crowd. Um, so he is a complete savage, and I cannot wait to see him in Octagon again. Definitely on my radar. We have Curtis Blades versus Mark Hunt. I mean, Blades was getting the takedowns, which, I mean, even though it's not uh, the hand-to-hand fight that we wanted to see, or at least that I wanted to see, um, it was a smart way to keep Mac, Mark Hunt on the ground and, and, and to kind of uh, get the fight over with. Um, I definitely would have rather see them throw hands more. Um, Mark Hunt definitely was trying to punish him with his hands, but there was just nothing he could really do. He kept getting taken down by, by Blades, who was just a taller, bigger guy. Um but Mark Hunt otherwise looked good. He just couldn't. It was not. It was nothing he can do about getting taken down. So fight was what it was. Got Luke Rockhold versus Yoel Romero, and man, it was it was kind of what I expected. I was uh, to for the for the most part. Um, as far as Yoel just doing what Yoel does, I expected it to go longer, but we got what we got. Um, the first round was nothing really spectacular. Both guys just filling each other out. Little blood on Rockhold's leg from uh, one of the leg checks, I believe. Um, he also had a little knot on the uh, right side of his head uh, from one of the punch from Yoel, which no surprises there. Yoel uh, put more pressure on him in round two, throwing more of the punches. Um, mainly why Rockhold was on the gate, I don't know what it was. Like It seemed like he couldn't get off the gate at that point in time, and Yoel was just pretty much putting the pressure on him that whole second round. Um, he also ended up catching him with a right hand that just knocked and knocked Luke Rockhold to the floor. There's nothing he could do about it. Like the punch just completely swept him off his feet. Another punch was thrown as Luke was trying to get up, and that, that was just the nail in the coffin. Like it was like straight to the middle of his face. There was nothing he could do about it. Nothing he couldn't block it. Nothing. He just had to take it and go night night. So that's all that was. Other than that, I thought it was a really good card. I enjoyed watching it. Um, and a couple guys that I that I don't personally remember seeing before who are definitely on my radar now, Tyson Pedro, uh, Ty Toivasa. So uh, if you haven't seen 221, go check those two out. Those are two uh, highlight fighters that I take from, from that card. Definitely dope. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, go and check them out. Moving on, uh, Raw. <sighs> what can we say about Raw? Uh, it seems like the commentators... Some of their mics were low. That was like really annoying. Just seeing like Coach and Grays were like, all, not screaming, but like they were kind of trying to project their voice a little bit, like to be heard at the like opulence that Michael Cole was speaking at. And 
I, I feel like they should have re, like reversed that. I feel like Cole should have had the lower mic or a coach even. But I don't know. I just feel like, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a, a, a recording artist that I noticed that. But just seemed like there was a mic issue. Um, the text on, on screen crap is trash. I don't know what this sing-along song stuff that they're doing on the shows, but it's it's not cool. It's not it's not dope. It's just it's trash, and it needs to stop. I really would like for WWE to stop doing that. It's it's not fun. It's not cool. It's just really garbage, and I really want them to stop. So I would appreciate that greatly if you guys did that. Um, I skipped the Miz and Cena match. Even though that Miz called seeing the little forefather of Suplex City, I thought that was a great uh, bit um, in the beginning of it. But just didn't care to see the match, to be honest. I uh, watched the Revival in the club match, but wasn't wasn't much for me. Shout out to my guy, the Revival. It was good to see them on TV, but unfortunately didn't care much about that match. Thought it was really dope with the Rollins uh, <clears throat> segment. Him saying he wanted to be the man again one more time. Thought that was really dope. Uh, he's one of the uh, of a lot of wrestlers who've kind of been sitting dormant um, on on the main roster, just kind of going through the motions, doing things here and there, just because. And I'm I'm glad that to hear that he wants to you know be on top again. He wants to be the main guy, and I definitely would like to see him do so. Um, so I thought that was dope. Sasha Banks versus Bailey was dope. I thought Sasha mocking Bailey was great. Um, Sasha showing some of her uh, her heel character or some of her heel uh, um, movements and such um, was really, really dope. Didn't get the full thing that we've gotten from, from TakeOver before, but that's all right, I think, for what it was. What we got was really, really great, um, <clears throat> being that they're still friends and she hasn't fully turned heel yet. Uh, the Bailey to Bailey off the second rope was dope. It was a good win for Bailey. Um, don't know if, what exactly it's going to do for her exactly, but I guess as the story goes on, we'll see. Nia coming to attack them at the end of the match. I thought that was... Um, even though I get why, a part of the story, why it happened, I just... I mean, it did nothing for me personally. It was what it was. <clears throat> so, but um, can't be mad at it. It is what it is, whatever. Titus Worldwide is great. They're one of the people, even though you don't see a whole lot of them, they were they out they're they're people I look for on Raw. Like they're just great. Worldwide? It's amazing. I love it. Uh Mickey James looked amazing as always. She just looked great. And I just put that in my notes because I wanted to say it. Um it's she just looked amazing. And I just want the world to know that. Um Braun Strowman is entertainment gold. He has consistently for the last two, three months maybe on Raw just been a high point for me. Um, I enjoy everything Braun does from destruction to playing a huge bass and making a song after he broke the strings on it. He's just he's just one of the most entertaining things about Raw. Um, and I'm completely behind Ron Strowman. And uh, shout out to Samoa Joe because he was the other person that I watched Raw for and I can't wait for him to come back. Um, Ronda Rousey signing a contract uh, for the Raw brand at Elimination Chamber. Big whoop, who cares? It is what it is. SmackDown was pretty boring this week. Uh, oh, and there uh, the five for Raw, the five... Man challenge. Um, I fell asleep on it. I don't even know if it was good enough for me to want to go back and watch, but I fell asleep on it. And it's kind of predictable. So, you know, three of those guys 
who aren't going to do anything. It's pretty predictable that Seth and Finn are going to be involved, and it was just predictable. So I don't feel like I missed anything. Uh, for SmackDown, KO and Zayn beating up Corbin and Ziggler. Uh, it's just another thing that's predictable. Okay, they do that. They're either going to tag together or they're going to do the one-on-one thing, which is what happened. They did the one-on-one thing. Big Whoop, who cares? Um, Corbin being Owen, that was good for the storyline, but still, who cares? Uh, just, like, who cares? Like, that's most of the stuff on, if not all of the stuff on SmackDown was just like, who cares this week? Um, I don't understand why Charlotte keeps going to the announce table and telling them how many members of Absolution or, or whatever that she has to beat left. Like, it's, it's I don't get it, but whatever. Just, uh, SmackDown is has... Besides the Usos and <clears throat> Gable and Shelton, Benjamin, it's pretty much become the B show again. Uh, and um and AJ Styles, who wasn't I don't even recall being on the show this week. Uh just kinda was what it was. It wasn't nothing really spectacular to be honest. Um Another thing to talk about, um, Ivory is being inducted into the Hall of Fame. She is one of my top 20 bays of all time, and I am super happy and excited that she's going in. Hopefully, we will get China this year, too. Let's not, you know, let's not uh, miss, the, miss the buck again, guys. Let's get China in there as well. Super happy that Ivory's going in, though. Top 20 bays, one of the sexiest women uh, in wrestling ever, and that's low down approved. Um, Rich Homie Swan. As uh, one of the other, uh, or one of the celestial radio shows call him, or maybe Alo, I don't know. I'm, I forget things a lot. Somebody calls him that. Anyway, um, he has been released from the WWE, went through all that trouble, and now he's released. Which, I mean, at this point, it may not be a bad thing for him. There's so many people coming at the 205 Live it's it's kind of hard to maneuver through everything that's going on and signing so many people. So go back to the indie scene, do your thing, make your money there. It's nothing wrong with it, man. It's 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 a crowded scene right now, and if they're not gonna give you the push, why not go back to the indie circuit, do your thing there? It's nothing wrong with it. Also, want to shout out to the late great Eddie Guerrero, fourteen uh, years ago today. He won his uh he won the WWE Championship. Which was one of my favorite moments in wrestling history. So, shout out to Eddie Guerrero for that. Other than that, uh, it's a pretty big weekend. The Black Panther movie is coming out. Um, I already have my tickets to see it. I'm pretty sure I will see it more than once. Because great movies, I tend to see more than once. And I feel like it's going to be a great movie. So, also, uh, if you listen to rap, Nipsey Hussle's album comes out this week. And I've been waiting for that album probably since I was in high school, so I'm really, really excited to hear this music and to purchase this album. I will purchase this album. I'm definitely purchasing this album. So, just a great weekend. Um, Can't wait to celebrate that. To all the lovers out there, happy Valentine's week, happy Valentine's Day, so on and so forth. Um, Other than that, uh, like I said uh, last episode, I'm about to begin working on Arte Mania 3. It will probably be released... Somewhere around WrestleMania, hopefully so. Last time it came out a little later, but you can't rush a good product. So, other than that, that's all I have on that side of things this week. At this point now, we are going to get into a great, great interview 
with the young, sexy, cannibal Savannah Evans. Let's go. I've been Lowdown Lloyd, and I'm here with the sexy young cannibal Savannah Evans. How you doing today, Savannah? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a long week, so just uh, really excited for this, and this is definitely a highlight of the week out of all the stuff that I've done that I did not want to. So, um, right on then, right on that it can be a good point of the week. Yeah, I'm always happy to record the podcast. Uh, even more happy when I have a guest such as yourself. Um, so, just got a, a couple questions to ask you. Hmm. Um. Well, two of the first questions are, are questions that we ask everyone whether wrestler or not that we have on our shows. Um, and the first question is what made you fall in love with wrestling? Okay. Um, let's see. What made me fall in love with wrestling was just being able to sit down and watch it with my dad. It was one of the things that we watched, uh, when I was like younger, I got into watching about when I was 12, but just, the the characters and everything i wanted to see you know what the rock was up to every week or i had to see what was going on here or there so just the way it was just you know the characters were outlandish and you never knew what was going to happen next like that that's i think what hooked me initially okay um so and you mentioned one person already and they may be in this so but another uh, important question that we ask on this show is who is on your mount rushmore of wrestling Four people, or even more, I'll give you the leeway, that uh, are just your four pivotal people that made you love wrestling. Oh, that made me love wrestling. You mean growing up and everything? I mean, even if if someone now has moved, I know for me, AJ Styles is kind of moving into minds. So even if it's someone now who's just inching in there, feel free. Uh, Mount Rushmore Wrestling. Well, I guess we'll go when I was younger watching. Definitely The Rock, uh, Austin. Uh, an obscure one, I think, for some people is uh, Ken Shamrock. Like I used to love him; he was great. And especially like going back and watching his stuff, you know, now you could be like, "Oh man, that's kind of was a little bit ahead of its time." Like MMA guy and wrestling, but um, I was always a fan of his and Lita, of course. Uh, she was relatable for me being like, you know, the tomboy and everything. So I guess that'd be my, my Mount Rushmore growing up. That's, uh, you're definitely the first person to ever say Ken Shamrock. Um, I knew it. Oh. So <laughs> I, I, I liked him growing up too. I don't know if I would put him in my Mount Rushmore, but I think for the character that he was in the time that he was there, he definitely was dope. So mm-hmm. but, um, that's that's definitely a congratulatory thing there that you are the first person to say Ken Shamrock. Um, I think for me, who's on my Mount Rushmore? I think for me, might have been Eddie Guerrero. And even though what he did was wrong, I think I said Benoit too, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine, I did mine, like, I was going way back. Like, my chart was like 97, 98. But yeah, definitely, I, I didn't get into watching Eddie until a little bit later. I'm like super fluctual, so like my mm-hmm. rush more could probably change from week to week. So like typically I do top twenties because like that's just the wide range of people I like. So any given day that could switch for me. Yeah, and Eddie would definitely you know on that list for me as well. Like just um, like that character that that he portrayed, like who who Eddie was, it was great, and you can't you can't duplicate that. Absolutely. 
So, uh, so what, what, when did you start like getting into wrestling yourself? Like what made you start doing it? Um, I started training in March, 2014 and I just, you know, I was like friends with, you know, some of the guys that wrestled and I was like, I've been wanting to wrestle since I was little and I always thought it was thing that you like could do, but you couldn't do at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it was a, uh, something that wasn't realistically obtainable, but I still kind of looked around at schools to see what was out there. <clears throat> uh, eventually my family moved back to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where we're actually from. But, uh, we were out in Colorado for a long time and we moved back and I found out about high spots and I knew some of the guys that went there. Uh, and then I told myself, okay, well, you know, let me finish up college and then, you know, I'll get into wrestling and college took me forever. It was something I was not really interested in or invested in. I just kind of felt like it was a thing I had to do. So I finished that up eventually and then got into training. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm trying to chuck away at, a. uh, associate's degree right now for entrepreneurship and it's t- it's definitely been taking longer than I've expected but just kind of sticking with it and I'll, I'll get, get it done eventually so yeah and there was so many not so many but there were like hurdles that kind of uh, got my way too like one was when we first moved back to Charlotte I waited to get in-state tuition uh, you know, I waited that year to qualify for that because I was paying out of pocket at the time Yeah, for, for classes so I waited that year and then on top of that, my first maybe year or so, it was just one or two classes at a time because I was paying, uh, you know, like out of pocket. I hadn't yet got a, a grant or a scholarship or anything like that. So those first few years were just kind of like my feet were dragging. And then I was trying to transfer schools after or before my associates. And I ended up not being able to transfer until after my associates. It was just like a lot of stuff that was going on that I really was, was over at the time. But I just made myself finish. And what, what college did you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I went to community college first at Central Piedmont in Charlotte, and then I finished my bachelor's at uh, UNC Charlotte. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good school. All the best people go to community college first. It's the smart thing. Yeah. And then later I found out that it was probably actually smarter to do that anyway because I don't have to owe back the money that I borrowed for community college. Like I really only owe back what I borrowed for UNCC. Yeah, um, I was. That's I almost didn't go to college because of the whole borrowing aspect. But when I found out about community college, I was like, "Well, you might as well go. I mean, if I can go, and it's affordable. I don't see why." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so we met at Icons of Wrestling. Um, like I said, it's something that us at Matt Manis we frequent a lot. Was that your first time there or not? That actually was my first time at Icons. Um, working. At high spots, I do go to a lot of different conventions, but I was trying to think about it like a few weeks before we went to that event with um, my my manager or my office manager, Maureen. We were trying to think, I'm like, have I been to this one before? Because I often get it confused with the big event in New York. And she's like, no, I don't think you went with us last time. And I was like, are you sure? I don't remember. And and then it ended up, yeah, I hadn't been to that one before, but I mean, it was a good time. Definitely kind of along the same lines as a bunch of other, uh, you know, conventions that we go to, but, but it was definitely, I mean, it was a good time. It was cool. Did you meet anyone there? Did, were you able to meet anyone outside of who you came with? Uh, I mean, I talked to like a few people that, you know, were at the tables and everything. 
Yeah, it's um. Tip, I think for us because we're just fans, but we, even though we do a podcast, we're just fans. Like for us, it's a chance for us to kind of get our name out because typically we buy a table, um, and we just have like figures and stuff that we sell. But for us, like we're always like near someone. Like the last time we were there, we were near uh, Nikolai Volkov, and then um, I think the time before that we were behind Chavo Guerrero, and then the time before that we were uh. We were near Marty Janetti. I actually had Marty Janetti's number. Like he gave he gave me his number. Like after he took a picture with us, so just like stuff like that is always interesting and why we love to go so much. Oh yeah, for sure. And Marty Janetti is like such a character. Like we he was at WrestleCon because you know we do WrestleCon every year. He was at one and like ended up like in the fountain at the hotel, like in in front of the hotel, just like running around in the fountain. They were like, sir, you have to leave. Like you cannot just be running around in this water fountain. I totally believe that. We gave him one of our t-shirts and he like tied it around his neck like a cape and was just like <laughs> walking around like his booth, like with the shirt on. And then like we were getting in line that were like near his booth. He was just like flapping the shirt around, and like continuing to point at it. It was like we started to feel like rock stars for a minute. We like, <laughs> like even That's now, great. like when I talk to people who are like from that generation that watching wrestling, I'm like, yeah, I have Marty Janetti's number, and they're like, Marty Janetti, you have his number, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, like he gave me his number. So, <laughs> but it's just a cool event always. Have you, uh, have you ever seen a? Because um, typically at night, uh, after those things, uh, Tommy Dreamer has his promotion uh, do House of Hardcore. Have you ever? seen any of those or no i've never been to house of hardcore before and then i think this year they had it the day before but we were still on the road so we didn't we didn't make it in time to to catch the show yeah it was i didn't i didn't go that night either. i typically do um i think the next one's in march but uh it was was a huge birthday weekend mine was sunday my girlfriend's was saturday so the fact that i would even met you and was there was a pass to even be there so but definitely glad i was able to go Anyways, um, what brand of wrestling did you watch growing up? Like, were you a WCW girl? Did you watch ECW? Uh, I was definitely uh, WF. The thing was, though, um, at first my dad had tried to get me to watch wrestling. Like, I think he was watching, what was it? It may have been WCW. And I just, like, wasn't interested. And I just kind of, like, watched for a minute and left the room. And... <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, okay, whatever, Dad. Uh, and then one time, too, it was, I think, at my, my grandfather's house, him and my uncles and I think some of my guy cousins and my dad were sitting around watching WCW again. And for some reason, like, I stayed maybe a little bit longer to watch this one than I did the time before. I just remember, like, uh, I remember Booker T and I think I remember Disco Inferno work on um so i watched that for a little bit then again i just walked out of the room but eventually i did catch on to watching wrestling when we would watch wwf together so definitely didn't watch any wcw growing up it was all wf and i i'd never caught any ecw uh when i was younger either yeah my partner ron would definitely like you because he was definitely a wwe guy too he hated wcw even now like when we do throwback shows on the network watching old stuff like, he'll get a kick out of it, but, like, he definitely despises it. He hates Goldberg. <laughs> really? Yeah, he, he despises oh. Goldberg. He act, Goldberg uh, actually has him blocked because he act, cause Goldberg was talking about something about wrestling, like, I think the year before last. And he asked him, like, so we'll never have to see you in the ring again, right? And Goldberg was like, yeah. So then 
last year when Goldberg came back, it just reignited the fire that he had for him because he basically said he was never coming back and ended up coming back. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious because when I was younger, I didn't really like Goldberg because he was just kind of like, like he'd come through the pyros and he'd be, he was like, to me, like that was kind of like scary to me. Like he came through, he's just like spitting and kicking and punching, just doing his thing. And like, I don't know, I didn't like that as a kid. <laughs> but that's hilarious. Ron, that happened with your partner. Yeah, Ron's definitely going to be a fan of you for saying all of what you just said. He's definitely going to be a fan of you. So um, I know you mentioned a couple of people in your Mount Rushmore, but who were a couple of uh, of your other favorites growing up? Oh, man. Uh, growing up, definitely, like, always enjoyed, you know, Eddie Guerrero's matches. Kurt Angle, too. Um, let's see. Definitely, and this one might be, like, maybe as obscure as Ken Shamrock, but, like, I thought Tess was cool for a little bit, too, uh, when I was growing up. There's people out there who like Tess. Yeah, yeah. And and then um, further past that, like, I did enjoy the ministry for a bit when they were going on, but I was never a huge, huge Undertaker fan. But I did like the ministry. Um, when they did the corporation, I love that. They had corporate rock. That was great. Yeah. Uh, and then a little bit further along, like, I did become, like, a huge fan of, like, Randy Orton and like, you know, Kevin Owens, all of them. Well, Kevin Steen at the time, I guess I could say. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not a big Randy Orton fan. That's I would disagree with you on that one. But Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with you on him, but I love Kevin Owens. Yeah, he, he's great. Um, who are some of your favorites now? Like uh, even, even outside of W WE, like 'cause I'm I like we're I'm a wide range person, so like I don't want to put you in the box of the WWE, especially now where there's so much wrestling. Yeah, there there's definitely a ton of wrestling out there. Like beyond just you know what's on TV, obviously you have you know networks like the, you know we have the High Spots Network. You know TNA has their own network. Sorry, Impact has their own network. New Japan. You know, uh, so there's definitely an abundance of wrestling out there. Um, I'm not watching too too much wrestling these days. Um, but occasionally, you know, I'll catch like a WWE pay-per-view or something like that. Or, you know, obviously if I'm at a show, if we're vending, you know, I'll catch a couple of matches. Okay. Um, was there ever a period of time where you stopped watching wrestling or it wasn't like you just completely away from it or were you like a frequent watcher like since you started watching? Um, hmm. I, I know I watched pretty strongly for a couple of years. Then maybe I stopped for a couple or maybe it was just like a year and I was pretty strong watching through, you know, like the two thousands and everything. I think I may have stopped for a couple years, maybe around like 2010, 2011, 2012 ish. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, was, I mean, I not, not like huge gaps where, you know, I swore wrestling off for, you know, years and years or not for any particular reason. I just, you know, had stopped watching for a little while. I think I stopped watching for a particular reason. I, I stopped watching around that time where I felt like John Cena was just winning the belt a lot. And I don't know why, but I just started disliking him. And for some reason, I just stopped watching one week and it just continued on from there. And then eventually, uh, I had a cousin who, who, who was watching the pay-per-views 
And I just started watching them, and the next thing I knew, I was just full back into it again. Yeah, that's with most people. Like, something happens, and they, they fall back into watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's like, I'm not, like, I have teams in all sports that I root for, but it's nothing where, like, like, for me, like, wrestling or boxing or MMA, like, those are things, like, I watch, I know the names, um, especially wrestling, it's just so, it's so lovable, it's hard, and once you watch it long enough, you start to be able to tell, see the stories within it and things like that. Like some people, if you're outside, you don't know. Like when people say they're storytelling, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" But when you watch it so much, you really start to, you know, see the story within the match. You know. Mm-hmm. So, what was your first match like? Uh, my first match was a. Fair show in Burke County, North Carolina, uh, with Tessa Blanchard and maybe like 20 people there. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was exciting for me. It was nerve wracking, but definitely like, you know, when I, when, when you hear that crowd, you know, get excited about something that you just did, like it, it's, it's definitely exciting. It, it it made me want to, you know, it made me want to have more of that. So do you have like a pre-match ritual that you do to try to like edge out your nerves? Uh, I don't really think so. I think I just try to keep like, I try to keep under control because I know if I get too hyped up, my mind's just going to go a million miles an hour. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I have a particular ritual that I go to. I know some people will like sit with their headphones in quietly. Some people will, well, you know, like work out or stretch. Or, I mean, obviously, I'm, I, I'm stretching before matches, but I, I think I just mainly try to stay focused. Interesting. Um, so just, I just thought of that question because it made me think of uh, the uh, 24 that they just put out for uh, the WrestleMania and you, uh, when Jeff Hardy came back and he was, you know, screaming in the hallway and stuff like that. And I was like, that makes me wonder, like, does, does everyone, like, have their pre-match thing that they do? Oh, yeah. I think people get themselves, you know, amped or hyped or maybe just calmed and focused in different ways. And definitely on a stage like that, you I'm sure it's it's up to the next level as far as like getting yourself ready to go out there. Absolutely. Um, What are some of the things that you think you've perfected um, in the ring? Perfected? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Uh, You know, everything's a learning experience. And you know, if you're perfect, why, why keep doing it? Uh, it's, mm, I don't know anything that I've perfected. I definitely am, am always like learning every time I go out there. My, you know, my ears are open, like I'm watching everything and taking note of what I am doing, what I can improve on. And there, to me, I can always improve on something, always. Um, what are some things that you feel like you need to work on specifically? If you could pinpoint something. Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe, I mean, you can always work on like your crowd connection better. You know, how to get certain reactions out of people when you want them to. Yeah, I mean, I think you do a good job of talking. Um, just seeing a couple of your matches. Um, other person that I've had interviewed is Vanity, and I know you've had a match with her. Um, yeah, like a while, while back. I think I've enjoyed you two together the most because you guys are both pretty vocal. 
And I feel like in the right setting, in the right crowd, that would be a great match because not only you guys want to be great in the ring, but you also connect with the fans. Um, so I just think that like depends on the crowd because there were other matches where you wrestled people and you were talking and it was just like you wasn't getting much of a response back. But I think that's something great that you definitely do. Yeah, and it's, it's always fun for me to try to figure out how that crowd's going to react. Like depending on where you are at, like geographically, like you know New York crowds obviously different than Florida crowds or you know the more southern crowds like Georgia and South Carolina, and so they all kind of have their own, I guess, things that set them off or things that they'll react to. So that's always fun, too, trying to get, like, uh, certain crowds to behave a way that they normally wouldn't. But I think me and Vanity, like, we we do have good chemistry, and I would love to wrestle her, like, now, because that match was probably, like, three years ago. Uh, I would like to have a match with her now. I think it would be even better. Uh, we We had a seminar together. Uh, maybe this time last year, and we got to work together a little bit, but I haven't wrestled her since since that show. Well, I, we're definitely friends on multiple social media platforms, so I would definitely let her know that you're interested in wrestling her again. Oh, she already <laughs> knows. I'm ahead of you. <laughs> she already knows. That's good. I would love to see that again. You guys definitely had that match, and I loved it. Um, one question I've noticed in your matches, I haven't seen, like, you use a finisher, and I wanted to know, like, do you have a finisher, or is it something that you're still, like, working on? Yeah, my finisher is a perfect plex. Okay. Mm, that's, what, that's what I'm using mainly. Sometimes it'll be, like, I have a, like, a big leg swing DDT. Okay. Uh, I'll use that one sometimes, too, but, yeah, it's, it's perfect plex. That's, that's really amazing, because... One of my favorites of all time is Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> that's part of the reason why the show is called The Perfect Edge, because I took him and I took Scott Hall and I meshed something from each of them to form the title wow. of the show. So, I see. So I'm, I'm extremely excited that, that that should move. Um, I just didn't see it a whole lot in your, uh, your matches, so I was wondering what exactly Yeah, it some of my stuff on YouTube is like really early early stuff and it's horrible but yeah but i've been using that for a while as a finish that's a good move huh? that's a really good move um what are um wait, one minute. um who is your rival uh do you, who do you have like a rivalry with right now like or who do you feel like over time you built a rivalry with oh man uh i don't currently have a rival rival <laughs> like you know that we've been going back and forth a lot recently, but um, maybe last year I was wrestling for Appalachian uh, Wrestling Alliance up in West Virginia, and uh, me and Megan DeFrancisco, we were battling over the AWA title back and forth for a while. So that was something that was going on then at that time. Uh, currently, though, I'm not in the middle of anything with anyone, but um, there are a few girls that I run into very frequently in this area. Um, you know, I would say Ronnie Nicole, but she's been in Japan recently, but definitely like Ronnie, you know, Maddie Max, uh, Deja Day. Yeah, I was going to say Deja Day. I've seen, we've had multiple matches with her, and they were both pretty good. And uh, I think the other girl was named Samantha Starr or something like that. Oh, yes, Samantha Starr also. Yeah, I would say she's probably my uh, uh, my feud, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my, she... my arch nemesis right now. Yeah, she was another one when you guys wrestled. I was like, all right, she's bringing the best out of her. Like, they, these two are going good together. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. We 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 definitely bring a lot out of each other. You know, every time we wrestle, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, there was a comment in one in one of the matches that you had with her, and I want to know what what you thought when you heard it. When I, uh, I think it was the one. I don't know if it was to you or to the uh, a person in the crowd. And she said your mother should have swallowed you. Like I don't know if you remember when she said that, but what were your thoughts when she said that? Oh, I do remember that show actually. <laughs> uh, we were doing. I was like, mm, okay, there's kids in the crowd. Like <laughs> that's the way you want to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one caught me for sure. And she was saying that to a, a person in the crowd? No, no, I think she was saying it to me because I think I had something to her and that was her rebuttal. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty strong. So what, what did you say to her? Do you remember what you said to her? That, that was, I, I don't remember. It may have been like a stripper comment. I, I think she was she was doing something or I don't, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. Well, whatever you said, it, it definitely got a rise out of her. <laughs> it did for sure. So, um, speaking of, well, who have you? Who? What has been your favorite match so far that you've wrestled? Ooh, one of my favorite matches is uh, I wrestled Soraya Knight and Ruby Rays for Wildcat Sports. Maybe by now, maybe almost a year and a half ago, maybe like a year and some months ago. And it was more of a brawl than a wrestling match, but it was like the first time I had done something like that where it wasn't exactly, you know, this isn't like a technical match. This is us just, you know, beating the hell out of each other. But it was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was different. It, uh, you know, it challenged me. Like it, it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, are you, is your character pretty much a tweener? Because I notice in some matches, like, you seem to be a face, like, you definitely have, like, crowd participation, and in some, you seem like you're being a heel. But would you consider yourself a tweener, or do you just kind of go, like, you're, you're stuck to one thing, but you kind of just get over in certain areas? I think a lot of promoters are, are stuck on how uh, to put me, you know what I mean? Uh, like, I have, you know, a good smile, so I think everyone's like, oh, baby face. But I feel like my de- my best stuff definitely comes out, um, you know, as a heel. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. But there were some matches where, like, you had the crowd chain in. I was like, hmm, it's different. Um, my- even even as a heel, sometimes the crowd will just still chant for me. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> come on, guys. Well, I'm the I'm the heel of my podcast network, and I know that when you're such a good heel, you eventually get over with the crowd. So, um, being that you are a heel, who like do you draw like your heel inspirations from? Ah, oh, good question. I don't know if it's, like, a lot of inspiration from, like, past wrestlers, but a lot of it is just thinking um, almost, like, a little animalistically. Like, sometimes I think, like, like uh, like a horror movie, like a werewolf or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think more, like, horror genre, like, creepy, scary. Um, so, I mean, sometimes it's heel Randy Orton, you know, <laughs> sometimes... Uh, but more, I think it's it's more of like some 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 type of character. Yeah, even though I don't like him, he definitely his heel persona is definitely good. 
especially in uh, the big RKO phase where he had the uh, NWO RKO t-shirt. Mm, yeah. And being a legend killer, I think that was definitely a, a top-notch heel moment. Yeah, like even even more sinister, like 2009, like real crazy sinister Randy Orton too. Definitely. Um, so I know like as um, a women's wrestler, you guys – you know, your outfits reveal some parts of your body. Um, and I've had Manny do this question, too. Um, do you ever feel, like, objectified by what you're wearing or by, you know, the crowd? Like, And, like, if you do, like, how does that make you feel? And how do you, like, kind of deal with that mentally? Um, hmm. Definitely there is a sense of objectification, you know, with women's wrestling. I find that, like, the character I portray is not uh, a super, you know, like a sexual symbol type of character. So I like to think that I'm not subjected to a lot of that. I mean, obviously, you know, stuff does happen or stuff that you don't notice, but, um, you know, I have like the long tight, so it's not even that, you know, a lot is hanging out or anything like that. But I mean, I think it does, it definitely is happening when I'm dressing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, also, uh, kind of a part of that, um, how do you deal with hecklers, like, when people are, do you even have people that heckle you? I'm pretty sure you probably do, but how do you deal with them? When, uh, just hecklers in general? Yeah. Um, I try to, like, give it back to them. I'm trying to, like, work on being more witty, so <laughs> I try to just, like, turn it right back around with them. Um, there was a dude, and this, I think this goes along line, too, with, like, weird crowds, like, uh, I was in Florida a couple weekends ago, and it was a women's wrestling show. So you kind of, you know, you have that that crowd that's going to, like, uh, I guess, be real, like, go along with whatever's, you know, happening, or they have their own chance, and this, that, and the other. And the crowd was real, just quiet. I'm like, yeah, you know, what are you guys here? Like, you guys not here to see wrestling or what's happening? But this one dude, I think... He stood up and he said something, blah, blah, blah. And I shot it right back at him. Like, obviously, you know, just like a general heckling thing, like not anything serious. It wasn't like yeah. whatever. But he he just made a comment. And I shot it right back at him. And he, he was done. He didn't have anything after that. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I said one thing to you. and you, Like, you can't even at least get engage me or, you know, you're not going to get riled up or anything. You're just going to be quiet and sit back down. Yeah, thank you. I think a lot of I know in the East Coast we do it here a lot, um, depending on who it is. But and I mean, especially if someone has some uh, some alcohol in them, there's definitely like a lot. But I don't know. There's 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 some fans out there who are good at it. But you know, it's always great when a wrestler knows how to handle it and shoot something back, and you know, pretty much shuts the person up. Yeah, I think that's more. Like, I think you get a little bit of that in the South, but I think a lot of that is more up North, like New York, New Jersey crowds get like that. Yeah, we can be a little obnoxious sometimes. I've, I've been I've been in some of the crowds, and I know for sure, because I've gotten, like, annoyed by them, so no no offense to anyone listening, but, you know. <laughs> no, and of course, no offense to anyone. But I've been in the crowds, and I've been annoyed by people, so I definitely know for sure. Um. How has social media impacted independent wrestling, in your opinion, and like how has it benefited you in your career? Oh man, I feel like social media is so powerful right now with like promoting yourself, getting yourself out there. Like even 
and I've seen it happen before. Girls that that don't really wrestle, but they want to portray that they do wrestle. Like like with social media, people will believe them. Like people, like they'll be a name. You know what I mean? Like people will know their name, and I'm like, you don't even wrestle. <laughs> what are you doing? So there's like so, Instagram models of wrestling. What's that? There's like Instagram models of wrestling, like yeah, it, yeah, it would be compared, I guess, to Instagram models of wrestling. Um, or people that are like, oh yeah, I train, I train. And you know, they have their, their photos up whatever, on Instagram. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you, like, I know you, you don't wrestle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely a big tool and it can get you as far as you want to be. If you can portray yourself, you know, in a certain manner, like perception is, is huge. And having things like Instagram and Twitter, you know, you can put yourself out there more and people can, you know, perceive you however way that you want them to. So it's, it's definitely big. I'm trying to grasp more, I guess, a, whole, a stronger hold of social media. Like I utilize it, but I can, you can always utilize it more, utilize it better, make it work for you and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it, it's also, like, I know, like, because I, when I do work out, um, it's been a, a hard process working multiple jobs but typically when I do and when I go out like people like ask me like do you wrestle and I'm like no and they're just like you should wrestle like, and I'm like I don't know if I want to put my body through that like I like talking about it but I don't know if I actually want to do the yeah. I, I did football for a little bit of time and like just in that little bit of time I've done it like that put a little mileage on me so I was like I don't know if I want to do the wrestling I don't know how my body's going to hold up like, right. I'm like, do I want my body hurting every moment of every day? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a big component for pain. Like, I'm, I shy away from it as much as I possibly can. Mm. So, um, I noticed that you uh, are in a group with uh, Maria Manic and some other people called the Riley Family. So, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, the Riley Family is a newly formed group uh, out of Queens of Combat. So, uh, and it, it, it's brand new. The way it got started was uh, I was part of a different group in Queens of Combat, Sex Young Caramels, which is where my Sex Young Cannibal uh, moniker comes from. <clears throat> but that group, you know, disbanded. And uh, Zane Riley is the manager for a separate group <clears throat> in Queens of Combat. And eventually he ended up having a rivalry with the girls that he managed. Number one was uh, Miss Dyslexia. So they, you know, their feud came to a head at WrestleCade last year. They had a match, uh, match against each other, you know, winner, basically, you know, winner's fired, winner leaves town, that kind of, or loser, sorry, loser leaves town. That would be odd. You won. Now get out of here. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I actually uh, played a part in that match. I interfered uh, on behalf of Zane Riley, who at that time was, you know, one of my big enemies, one big rivals. So I joined forces with him to get rid of Miss Dyslexia. Uh, and then at the following show, we we got uh, Maria Manic and Penelope Ford. So that is our group now, the Riley family, headed by Zane Riley. We have really cool, really sweet jackets, matching jackets with our initials embroidered on the front. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, I I just saw a couple of the pictures. I was like, this seems like something dope. So, uh, but you might want to patent that idea. The winner leaves town match. That might sound like it's. It might sound pretty entertaining. Like, 
Right? Someone's got to do it. You might want to patent that and try to get that in somewhere. Yes. The innovator of the Winter Leaves Town match. <laughs> Maybe that'll be in like a future Queens of Combat. Winter Leaves Town. Winter Leaves Town. And you'll be the you'll be the Chris Jericho, but you have to win it. You can't yes. introduce the match and not win it. <laughs> Winter Leaves Town takes a vacation. Um, so I noticed that uh you posted a picture that said you were the final uh one of the finalists for Carolina's professional wrestling award. Um how was that and did you actually end up winning it? Yeah, I actually did end up winning that. Um, it was the, you know, female uh, wrestler of the year for 2017 for, yeah, the Carolina Wrestling Awards. And um, it was kind of, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina girls that worked that area a lot. Like uh, Kira Hogan was in it too. Um, Ryan Nicole, Ariel Monroe, um, <clears throat> just, you know, girls that are, are working in this area frequently. So it was definitely like a huge honor and privilege to, to win that it was it was voted on <clears throat> and I ended up getting the award I think they are working on getting the actual awards like the, the plaques themselves out to the winners uh, yeah. but super excited about that my one of my trainers George South won manager of the year I believe so just a uh, real real big thing is going down at the George South for wrestling school yeah congrats on that that's definitely big to be awarded that uh... You know, an achievement for, for what you're doing is definitely a great thing. It's always a good thing. Yeah, it, it felt good to be acknowledged about it. You know, uh, just to, to know that, you know, hard work is paying off and, and people are taking notice. Absolutely. Um, what, what, now, I haven't said it much on the show, but people who may know, actually, maybe they don't. It's not a guilty pleasure to show I love, but I don't talk about it much. So one of my favorite show, shows is Archer. Oh, and, yeah. And I noticed that you have uh, a Lana Kane cosplay that you do. And mm-hmm. I wanted to know what was the reason that you that, uh, that you did it. And um, it's like, what was that like just cosplaying as uh, her? And you wrestled as her, right? Yes, yes. Now, I'm just going to go out and say I love cosplay wrestling as Lana Kane. And I'm going to follow that with... Prior to that, I had never done cosplay wrestling, ever. So this is how that came about. Um, Last year, I was contacted by uh, a promotion called Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling out of Florida, and they were running a show for the first time. They do shows and conventions, you know, combined together. And for the first time, they were going to do one in Raleigh. So they were contacting people in the North Carolina area to, to, to do the show. And they contacted me, uh, asked if I'd ever cosplay wrestle before, if that was something I'd be interested in. And, you know, I kind of expressed interest in it that I'd never done it before, but you know, I, I would give it a try, see what's going on with that. And I'm like, okay, well, great. You know, have you ever seen the show Archer? And I was like, oh, I have actually, I love that show. And I was on a for Halloween last year. And they were like, oh, that's perfect. Cause we were actually going to ask you to be Lana Kane. So it worked out crazily. You know, I got to, to be Lana and Raleigh. They enjoyed my portrayal of her so much. They asked me to come on with them full time. So um, I believe I've done four other conventions with them as Lana. And it's it's so much fun like to, to wrestle, you know, to still like be myself when I'm wrestling, but to wrestle as Lana, like how would she interact in this situation how would she handle this how would Lana wrestle 
mm-hmm. I think is great. And like the, the characters that she, you know, wrestles goes up against. It, it's great how it's, it's fun to portray that too. Like, it's just a, a good time. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. You definitely like almost like look like her, like in human form. So <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely a good, it definitely like a good cosplay. And it's like a simple one. It's not like a whole lot of stuff going into it. And it's just like, even with that, like, it's just like a good cosplay. Right. It's it's not like a complicated outfit. There's no face paint or anything like that. It's it's not, like you said, too overly complicated. And the first time, well, the first show, you know, I got in my Lana outfit and they were just like, whoa, you're Lana. And I was like, yeah, I know. They're like, no, no, you're Lana. Like, you look just like her. And I was yeah. like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen someone do it for, at a Halloween party before and they were like a white couple. And they came in and like people are looking at them trying to figure it out. And like I'm like getting some like food or something like that. I tell them, I'm like, oh, Lana Archer. They're like, yeah, yeah, you got it. Like no one else can get them. Like, <laughs> like well, you have a great dress on with like the gun straps or something. Like, yeah, obviously Lana. Like, or like I would have just been wrong, but yeah, or just like a secret agent. Like that's usually what I get. Like, are you a secret agent? Or well, I'm Lana King. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we're we're currently in the middle of. Uh, working on the outfit a little more like I had that the gray you know sweater dress just was one that I picked up like I said for the Halloween deal but I will go for the more traditional I think the cream colored uh sweater dress that you more commonly see her in so just uh you know hopefully one day I'll have one in every color like the real one but we'll see or you could do the alternative the uh the black outfit when the uh where the turtlenecks and all that. And they yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. That would be dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now they just need to work on getting me an archer. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, they, well, they got to go full archer, though. Like, they got to be functioning drunks. And, like, they <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like, a, an archer and a Mallory, they definitely need. Full archer. That would be great. That would really be great. I want to see that pulled off. You're coming up with great ideas. You might want to start trying promotion one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to write these down. When we get off the phone, send them to them. The Archer Federation. Where yeah. the winner goes when the order leaves town. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like Archer would be a dead-end ringer for that, the winner leaves town. Absolutely. There's somebody out there who can do it, I'm sure. Maybe mm-hmm. like, uh, Joey Ryan or someone. Like, yeah. Oh, he'd be a great Archer. Oh, definitely. I feel like he's coming to the... You know he's going through a hard time with that old penis stick that he does. So, like, I think that'd be something that, that he can do. Like, in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like Most definitely. He's he's having such a hard time uh, staying relevant and fresh. So, um, before we uh, get into some of the other stuff, like, what are, like, kind of some of the aspirations you have? Like, do you want to, like, move on to, like, one of the uh, bigger shows, like a, I don't know, like a Lucha or, like, ROH or WWE? Like, where, like, where do you, what's the path that you want to take and where do you want to end up? Oh, for sure. I would love to end up anywhere that I'm, you know, not currently. Like, I always want to be striving and reaching for somewhere, for, like, somewhere new. So I definitely would love, you know, to work in Mexico eventually. I'd love to you know, go overseas like, or go to Japan to work. I'd love to be in Lucha Underground or ROH. You know, I, I've, the the end goal is WWE, but there's so many, there's so much more things and opportunities that come along, you know, on that journey to WWE and 
I'm just looking forward to, to it all. If, if that isn't just a super broad quote, like answer, but I, I just, you know, I just want to always be going forward and see like where I can get. Yeah, no, I, I ask that because my philosophy is like being that I've watched it for a good bit of time now. Like if you're like younger and you're like kind of coming up, like <clears throat> being on the Indies and being flexible is kind of the way to be like kind of building your rep and kind of building your fan base and your merch and things like that. And then once you get kind of in your more experienced years and you, you're tired of that circuit, you kind of go to WWE and just kind of like do your years there. And then, you know, whenever you feel like you're done, you'll be done. Um, and I don't know if that seems realistic to you because you're a wrestler or not, but. Um, I don't know. I guess it just really depends. Uh, a lot of people are in a hurry to like make it to WWE and, uh, but I think they don't stop and look around. Like there's, there's a lot of great other things that you can be doing or places you can be before you get there or even on your way, like going there and to just, I'm the kind of person that's not going to, you know, look past an opportunity because something else, you know, might be along, you know, might be on the horizons. I want to, you know, take every opportunity. That's a good way of looking at it. So, uh, as we kind of reach the end, uh, before I ask you what you have coming up, I want to ask you, how do you feel when you're, uh, you're about to wrestle, uh, Emma, AKA Tennille, um, and one of the guys on the, uh, on the network prep loves her. Yeah, I think he just met her recently up here somewhere in PA. Um, mm-hmm. and I also want to know, like, how do you feel about wrestling her, like going into like being one of her first couple of matches back on the, the indie circuit? Yeah, I think it's great having the opportunity to be one of her first matches coming back to the Indies. I think uh, the promoter over at AML was telling me that like he he missed being like the first person by just you know like a, like a week or two. But uh, it's definitely exciting. You know what I mean? I'm sure she's she's ready to get back on the Indies and and uh, just kind of feel start feeling that out again. So it, it's great to be one of the 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 woman that that's wrestling her coming fresh off of it. And then also having that buzz too around the match of, Oh, Emma's, you know, or Tennille's, you know, wrestling again. Like we can see her here. We can go here and see her. We don't have to wait for WWE and, you know, and all of that. And to have that buzz around this match is, is phenomenal too. Like, you know, obviously I want to capitalize on that and, and, uh, and just, you know, make the most of this opportunity. I'm, I'm super hyped to to be uh facing her it's well, i think this goes up later tonight but basically like next weekend you know what i mean just you know quickly approaching yeah that's really dope i'm, I'm really happy for you that you know you're one of the first people who get the wrestler <clears throat> in a match mm. um so just so uh for the listeners what are some other things that you have coming up Oh man. Uh, so 2018 for me already is an exciting year. I want to do anything and everything this year. Uh, some things I've coming up. There is, oh man. Okay. Uh, well this weekend I have Wildcat sports in Georgia. They're going to, they're doing like officially Georgia for the first time this weekend at the landmark arena. If that is in anyone's neighborhood, please come check it out. I'm wrestling Maddie max on that show. Uh, Steve Richards, Luke Hawks will also be on that show. Uh, everyone's favorite, Bukudao, will be there as well. And a lot of the other Wildcat guys. 
Uh, and then, of course, the following week is Emma at AML, America's Most Liked Wrestling. Check them out. They have great shows. A lot of a lot of family shows, too. I know some companies are getting away from family shows, but, the, you know, you can bring anyone to that show and anyone will have a good time, like your grandfather, your nephew, your son, your, your kid, whatever, just anyone. Um, also, of course, uh, less than two months away is WrestleCon. Look forward to that every year. And this year I'm wrestling Rachel Ellering. It was just announced for Wildcat Sports. So super hyped about that. I've worked uh, with Rachel in the past, but never one-on-one. So hype about that. I have, let's see. Oh, there's a women's tournament at this promotion called Southern Fried Wrestling in Georgia. I'm pretty excited how that's going to go. You know what I mean? Uh, Leave the base is on it as well. Kira Hogan. You know, just a, a bunch of girls, you know, to uh, battle it out to, I guess, they're crowning a champion. It's just still, I think, June 1st, so we still have some time to figure out, you know, what's going on there. But it, it's definitely a tournament, all-women's tournament. I'm assuming to crown, to crown a champion, so check them out as well. I believe they are Southern Fried on Twitter, something like that. But yeah, just... Yes, Southern Fried. That's <laughs> Southern a Fried name. Wrestling. Southern yeah, Fried. like, that's new. You don't hear that every day. I think it's pretty fun. And then... Um, Southern oh. Fried Podcast. Somebody down there has to get on that. That's a free yeah. idea. Exactly. That's a good idea. And then, of course, Rise Wrestling is the weekend after WrestleCon. They're doing the same weekend as Shimmer. So looking to go down there and get involved with... That and Rise Wrestling just uh, was announced. They have joined the Women's Wrestling Network. So $9.99 a month. You get all the women's wrestling you can stand. And they have just joined as well as Sabotage Wrestling. Uh, we also have WSU on there and Queens of Combat as well. It's similar to the High Spots Wrestling Network, except it's women's wrestling only. Make sure you check that out. Yeah, I'm going to have to get on those because uh, YouTube is a long you guys any justice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you can usually find some okay stuff on YouTube, but definitely check these networks out. That's where all the good stuff is. Yeah, like I, I literally like type in like one of your guys' names, like mostly women wrestlers, and like I just like keep clicking, keep clicking, keep clicking. Like there's just so much content, but like I know like a lot of it for some of you guys isn't recent, but even though it's not recent, a lot of it's still pretty dope stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so we made it through the interview segment, and now I have one that's really fun. It's called the Straight Fire Questions. Straight Fire Questions. Shout out to Becky Lynch. I had to take that from you because it was straight fire. So, <laughs> so it's pretty much uh, rapid fire questions, pretty much uh, this or that, or you know, uh, something that's just a particular question, and there's no right or wrong answer, just your particular view. Okay. All right. So, first question. Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> exactly. Do we, do we give our reasonings behind these answers, or is it just the if answer? Feel, if you feel like you want to, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I mean, I know a lot of people love Hulk Hogan. Uh, it just Hulk He just Hogan. wasn't my thing, you, you know, growing up or whatever. Just, no. And then from Charlotte, I have to go with, with Flair. Absolutely. I'm not a big Hogan. I liked him in NWO, and that was more so because he was near guys that I liked. Yeah, yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, the red and yellow, like, it's cool, but 
wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. Like every now and then, real American will get stuck in my head, but that's it, really. All right, next question. And I'm pretty sure I know your answer to this, and Ron would be very proud of you if he was here. Uh, Goldberg or Stone Cold? Stone Cold Steve Austin all day. That's a great answer. We'd both be happy right now. This is good. <laughs> uh, next one. This one's kind of hard. NWO or DX? Oh, oh, ah. That one is a hard one. Uh, I'm going to go with my first gut instinct. I'm going to say DX because I enjoyed that. Like In the moment when it was happening, I enjoyed it. I didn't really get around to NWO stuff until after that all was going on, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. That one's it's tough. Like I've done these myself on one episode, and like I was like wondering to myself, like, what the hell was I thinking when I made this up? So <laughs> I definitely understand the toughness. Yeah, this one, you have a few hard questions. Oh, there's a few in here, definitely. Um, this one is pretty easy for you, I'm sure. Trish Stratus or Lita? Lita, but I will say, uh, I think. You know, everyone, you know, has their pick, Lita or Trish, but I think neither would have been, uh, I guess, pushed, not pushed in, like, the work sense, but, like, none of them would have been in as high demand without the other one, I believe. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, to me, like, at the time when they were on the same show, like, uh, Sasha and Charlotte, they kind of, like, were in the same boat, like, almost like... They were really good against each other. They could hold their own with everyone else, but like when they were with each other, it was like really, really good. Mm-hmm. All right, another hard one: Sting or the Undertaker? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with Undertaker simply because I didn't follow WCW. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed uh, you know the ministry, like that was cool. Undertaker, so I'll go with that. Absolutely. Uh, this one might be more easier: Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff. I'm going to go with Paul Heyman. I enjoy him. He makes me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's hard to not pick Heyman. Um, now, I might have to change that question up. I don't think it's hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that one. Um, person deceased or retired that you wanted to see win a world title but never did? Oh, man. This, this is going to take some thinking. Uh, deceased or retired... Um, I don't know. This one's really hard. Well, I can for me. I, when I answered it, for me, it was very easy. It was Mister Perfect or Scott Hall. Those were two of my favorite guys. Neither one of them had had the any of the big titles. So those were my two matchups when I had this question. Yeah, I guess I never really thought of either of those. It's definitely a hard question because people it, it, it goes into another train of thought. Like it does. Like you have to sit and think. Well, who did I enjoy watching that never had a title? <laughs> you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might really have to to like send my answer in for that one uh, uh, later. <laughs> all right, I'll give you a pass on that. That's that one's definitely a hard one. All right, uh, next question. Matt Hardy version one or Broken Matt Hardy? Oh. I'm going to go with Broken Matt Hardy. Oh, why, why, why Broken Matt Hardy? I, liked, I did enjoy version one Matt Hardy, especially with Shane. Uh, or sorry, Shannon. 
but Broken My Heart, it's 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 so hilarious, and like they made their own universe with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What do you think about it right now? I haven't seen it since they've been back in WWE, but I know just like it it it's been hilarious everywhere else they had it. Like um, I know, like what do they call it now? Is is it? Woken Matt Hardy? Yeah, they pretty much, they're doing that with everyone that they bring over at this point. They're just taking their shtick from outside and they're remixing Yeah. It. Yeah, I still think it's good. Like, I'll see, you know, on his Instagram or whatever, I think the one the other day was his his two kids, like, at breakfast. And just, like, the caption was great. Like, like feeding their vessels to prepare them for greatness and blah, blah, blah. It was like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. I like, I like this. Yeah, Matt Hardy is he's one of those people that you, you give him lemon, he just makes lemonade stands out of it. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another one: Shooting Star Press or a Five Star Frog Splash? Shooting Star Press. Mm. And okay, me and the office manager at High Spots, we always talk about how now she loves Shooting Star Presses. But it's either when they're really good or when they're really bad. She doesn't love no, no average shooting start press. She wants you to, to like nail it perfectly or for you to just not even be close. <laughs> That's the way she prefers her shooting start press. And I might have to agree. I love a beautiful shooting start press. Like, uh, you know, Matt Seidel's. I love that one. Well, I'm an old school Billy Kidman, Mark. So that's why that question exists. So, like, he's the GOAT shooting start presser, period. Wasn't he? I think he was the first one, right? Yeah, and it, like he just had the, he wasn't a super big guy, so he had a, a, a small enough frame where he can do the flip and get the full rotation and, and mm-hmm. land it just right. So, shout out to the GOAT of Superstar Press, Billy Kidman, if you're listening, come be on the show. <laughs> um, and the last question, which is typically a hard one as well if you could build a stable with four wrestlers and a manager outside of the Riley family, who would it be? With myself included? You can. Current wrestlers? Like indies or like bigger promotions? It's an open open field. Oh man, okay, okay. Uh stable manager, myself, and a few other members. Yep. Hmm. Alright, I'll come back to the manager. Uh on my team, I would have Effie because I love Effie. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Owens because he said we can do WWE, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Effie, Kevin Owens. Can I get one more person? Yep. I'll give, I'll uh, give you two if, if, just to give it a, a nice curve. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay, Effie, Kevin Owens. Let me see. Uh, we're going to be a colorful group. We're going to do Effie, Kevin Owens, uh, Joey Ryan. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw my boy uh, Jason Cade in there. Someone's got to do the flips. <laughs> <laughs> you need the uh, quote-unquote flippy shit. We need, we need a, one person that does the flippy shit. Uh, and then our manager, our manager... Oh, okay. Our manager. 
I don't know how people know him, but I think he's fucking, he's, he's great. He is fucking great. Coach Mikey from the Ugly Ducklings. I love him. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that's my stable right there. And it's going to happen one day. <laughs> Coach Mikey. <laughs> Coach Mikey, yeah. We're going to need a live cosplay of Coach Mikey. Yeah. Yes. I'm telling Coach you, Mikey is the best. He's got like the floral shirt and it's open. His like guts hanging out, and he's got his shorts and flip flops on. It's the best. You're definitely on the sun. You, you got good ideas. You might want to, might want to write those down before I put this episode out. You might want to get those copyrighted. I know. Before I forget them, shoot, write them all way. down. Well, you survived the straight fire question. I did barely. Whew. Yeah, there's one. Well, if you ever come back, whenever no, when you come back. You will be applied that question that you didn't answer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wrestler that didn't hold the title. Okay. This one. I'll that's be one, That's gonna be on your mind for a while. You, I, I can tell. Like. I know. I've got to think real deep about that one. That's a real good one. So, for the sexy young cannibal Savannah Evans, this is Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, and this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge. And that was my interview with the sexy young cannibal, Savannah Evans. Uh, Just a reminder real quick, make sure you check out the Matt Madness Weekly Show. Make sure you check out Falls Count Anywhere. Um, Also, make sure you check out past episodes uh, of all those shows, including The Perfect Edge. Um, If you want to buy some of the merch and clothing, go to whatamaneuver.net. You can also check out uh, Collar and Elbow, and our uh, code for that is MADNESS. And I always want you guys to remember, including you, A-Lo, that lowdown is the best, lowdown number one. Lowdown is the best, lowdown number one. Lowdown is the best, lowdown number one. Lowdown is the best. But they don't know why I'm here. This is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you ain't green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle but has a twist. Just to heal one for real. One. Left lane deals for a real one And they know the fake from the real ones You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stands quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stands quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you you hand it.